Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's November 20th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Amazon Pharmacy launches on Amazon.com with free delivery and Prime member discounts. Two, Walmart pulls back on struggling international markets to continue focus on priorities. And three, USDOJ approves MasterCard's Finicity acquisition while continuing its Visa Plaid suit. Shift one, Amazon Pharmacy launches on Amazon.com with free delivery and Prime member discounts. Earlier this week, Amazon debuted Amazon Pharmacy to consumers in 45 U.S. states through the Amazon.com website and mobile app. The launch marks the first time consumers will be able to order prescription drugs directly on Amazon.com. Amazon also owns PillPack by Amazon Pharmacy, rebranded in November 2019, an online pharmacy subsidiary acquired in June 2018 for $753 million, which pre-sorts and delivers packaged medications to patients with chronic conditions. Sign-up is similar to other online pharmacies. An adult patient provides their medications and health conditions, prescriptions are requested from the patient's physician and kept on file, and orders can then be placed for delivery. Amazon offers 24-7 access to pharmacists for patients with questions. Certain drugs will not be available, such as Schedule II narcotics, vaccines, and specialty medications. Amazon Pharmacy accepts most insurance as well as out-of-pocket payments. Customers with FSA and HSA accounts can also use their cards for eligible items. Prime members have certain benefits. Those paying out-of-pocket can enjoy discounts of up to 80% on generic and 40% on brand-name drugs, administered via partner InsideRx, an Express Scripts program. Prime members get free two-day prescription delivery versus free four-to-five-day delivery or a $5.99 two-day upgrade for other customers. Amazon also provides Prime members with a savings card that can be used across InsideRx's network of 50,000 pharmacy locations, including brands like CVS Health, Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Walmart. The launch comes at a time when at-home health is being reinvented. In addition to services like telemedicine and house calls, the $335 billion-plus U.S. prescription drug market is being flooded with direct-to-consumer delivery efforts by existing players and entrants. Examples include United Health's acquisition of Dividose, Ingenio RX's acquisition of ZipDrug, partnerships by Walgreens, CVS Health, Walmart, and Costco with delivery services such as Instacart and DoorDash, and digital pharmacies and delivery services. For example, Roe, Hims and Hers, Nurks, 30 Madison, Capsule, Alto, Medley, NowRx, and Pharmapax. These newer direct-to-consumer players have lately been drawing in sizable investments at lofty valuations. Healthcare players are also feeling pressure to become more open and transparent. New HHS rules are forcing open access to electronic health records and allowing patients to decide how their information is shared with third-party applications. The Trump administration recently finalized a rule requiring private insurers to publicize the drug prices they negotiate by January 1, 2022. Amazon rides upon this trend by allowing customers to compare drug prices with insurance, for example, copays, and without insurance, for example, with out-of-pocket discounts. They can also compare the prices of generic and branded drugs. If stock prices are any indication, Amazon is the noisy elephant in the room in the drug distribution industry. The announcement caused precipitous declines in the share prices of the large pharmacy brands, for example, CVS Health and Walgreens Boots Alliance, 
drug discount programs, for example, GoodRx, and drug distributors, for example, Cardinal Health and McKesson. Amazon's access to consumers and familiar trusted experience position it to be a major player. For Amazon, the recurring prescription refills and smaller packages fit well into its operations, prime member strategy, and ambitions to know customers intimately and entangle them in its ecosystem. Its Amazon pharmacy ambitions also appear to be global, with trademarks filed in jurisdictions all over the world. Amazon Pharmacy won't be without its challenges. Even two-day delivery is slow compared to the same day increasingly common among online pharmacies. It also has to deal with the issues faced by other pharmacies, but at scale. For instance, prescription fraud, pill addiction, drug interactions, storage and transport of temperature-sensitive drugs, drug tracking, shrinkage and theft, batch and lot recalls, and liability. Amazon is looking to supplant local pharmacies, but won't be able to recreate the patient-pharmacist relationships that can facilitate medication adherence and address social determinants of health. Amazon will also have to face the heightened scrutiny of big tech firms' access and use of health data, which can fall outside of HIPAA. To read more content related to the evolution of healthcare and healthcare regulation, check out our November 6, 2023 Shifts Edition, U.S. health insurers and hospitals are forced to publicize their negotiated rates. And our October 15, 2020 brief, telemedicine, house calls, and the new in-home healthcare. Shift 2. Walmart pulls back on struggling international markets to continue focus on priorities. This week saw reports that Walmart is selling 85% of its stake in Japanese supermarket chain Seiyu to KKR and Rakuten. The deal values Seiyu, which has 329 stores and 35,000 employees, at $1.6 billion, less than the $2 billion plus Walmart had originally spent to take control of Seiyu. The deal is Walmart's third sell-off of a major international asset at a loss in the past two months, continuing its strategy announced in 2018 to focus more on higher growth markets and e-commerce. In October 2020, Walmart sold a majority stake in UK grocery chain Asda, originally acquired in 1999 for $10.8 billion, in its second largest international market to a private investment group and an $8.8 billion valuation. In November 2020, Walmart agreed to sell its Argentina business, originally established in 1995, to Grupo de Nervaez at an expected after-tax non-cash loss of $1 billion. Previously, in 2018-2019, Walmart had divested 80% of Walmart Brazil, as well as the banking operations of Walmart Chile and Walmart Canada. In attractive markets where it has struggled, Walmart has lately been taking a joint venture minority stake approach partnering with local powerhouses that can help it stay in touch with local tastes and drive growth. Walmart's efficient supply chain and low prices have not always guaranteed success. In Japan, for instance, shoppers tend to associate low prices with low quality. In Brazil, shoppers have favored local chains more connected to regional tastes and styles. The strategy allows Walmart to redeploy assets and focus on core growth priorities while supporting its minority investments in areas like global sourcing. Walmart's retreats come as it reaffirms its priority retail markets, India, China, Mexico, and Canada. In 2018, it bought a 77% stake in Indian e-commerce giant Flipkart for $16 billion. In Q3 2021, Flipkart led among Walmart's international markets, driven by its annual super sale. In Canada and Mexico, Walmart is investing in e-commerce operations. For example, same-day delivery, omni-channel capabilities, and mobile check-in for pickup. In Canada, 
It announced in early 2020 a $3.5 billion investment over three years for initiatives such as smarter stores and better in-store and online integration. The strategy appears to be working. Walmart reported triple-digit e-commerce growth in both Canada and Mexico in Q3 2021. It plans to add 250 new Walmart international stores in fiscal 2021, mostly in Mexico and China. Walmart's trimming of international weak spots while refocusing on e-commerce and high-growth markets mark a continuation of its renewal. In Q3 2021, Walmart's U.S. e-commerce business grew 79% year-over-year, driven partly by the pandemic and an uptick in online grocery orders. 16-17% to of consumers in surveys recently reported having a membership to Walmart Plus, which only launched in September 2020. A research firm estimated that 19 million households may have Walmart Plus already. With its recent success, Walmart has demonstrated willingness to take new risks. Perhaps most notably, it's bold play to buy up a 20% stake in TikTok if regulators in the U.S. and China allow. To read more content related to retail and Walmart, check out our June 19th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Walmart will integrate with Shopify, adding 1,200 Shopify merchants to its third-party marketplace. In our March 26th, 2020 brief, grocery delivery, e-commerce, and the renewal of Walmart. Shift 3. U.S. DOJ approves MasterCard's Finicity acquisition, while continuing its Visa Plaid suit. This week, MasterCard revealed that the U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ, has approved its $825 million acquisition of Finicity. Finicity, founded in 1999 and one of the early players in the financial API space, aggregates banking and credit data from over 10,000 financial institutions for third-party app developers to integrate through an API. The data can be applied to use cases ranging from loan and mortgage decisions to financial management and budgeting tools. The DOJ's decision comes just weeks after it sued to block MasterCard rival Visa's planned $5.3 billion acquisition of Plaid on antitrust grounds. Plaid operates in a similar data plumbing space as Finicity. MasterCard's focus on expanding its multi-rail, real-time payments network has led it into the growing open banking space, i.e. the sharing of financial data with third-party applications via APIs, securely and with consumer consent. Regulators in the EU, UK, Hong Kong, and Australia have enacted open banking regimes while others are taking a market-driven approach, for example, the U.S., or are in earlier stages, for example, Canada. The Finicity acquisition strengthens MasterCard's open banking position in the U.S. with a threefold rationale. One, extending its position as an open banking partner to fintechs. Two, streamlining credit decisions and account verification for ACH and real-time payments. And three, using Finicity's APIs and bank partnerships to enable standards-based permission data access. While MasterCard and Visa have similar ambitions, Visa's language is a bit more clear. It is looking to go, quote, beyond the card, end quote, and become, quote, the network of networks with interconnection between all of the financial systems across the globe, end quote, able to move money anywhere and at scale. Visa's stated rationale for acquiring Plaid is similar to MasterCard, access to Plaid's fintech customers, streamlined bank account authentication, and ability to offer open banking solutions to clients. While Visa's stated rationales are valid and on strategy, where Visa runs into potential antitrust issues is in the realm of unstated reasons. How Plaid can help Visa fend off threats and ensure its continued dominance. The most serious threat to Visa has been the shift to bank accounts as funding sources, particularly ACH payments. 
The DOJ's antitrust suit against Visa highlights its CEO's description of the acquisition as a quote-unquote insurance policy that can help neutralize a quote, threat to our important U.S. debit business, end quote. Visa controls 70% of online debit transactions versus MasterCard's 25%. The DOJ alleges that Plaid had been developing a lower-cost option for online debit payments. While it seems unlikely that Visa wants to spend $5.3 billion to kill Plaid, certainly having the power to choke adoption of ACH, or at least own a control point, must be a compelling factor for Visa. Industry observers have highlighted that, by legal definition, MasterCard cannot be accused by the DOJ of being a monopoly if the DOJ is, in parallel, alleging that Visa is one. If the antitrust suit holds up, Visa has said it will vigorously defend the acquisition, MasterCard may be positioned to take a leadership position in open banking in the U.S., building on Finicity's prior efforts in data exchange standards. The approval of MasterCard's Finicity deal may also be a good sign for other fintech acquirers not named Visa. For example, Intuit and its recent $7.1 billion acquisition of Credit Karma, currently under DOJ review. The stakes are high for financial services giants looking to make data-driven acquisitions and find new footing on a fast-shifting landscape. To read more content related to open banking and the MasterCard Visa rivalry, check out our June 26, 2020, Three Shifts edition, MasterCard Follows Visa with its acquisition of data aggregation API firm, Finicity. And our February 7, 2020 brief, Visa's $5.3 billion bet on Plaid and the pathway to open banking. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. As a special announcement and final call today, we'd like to let you know we're increasing the price of our annual Six Pages membership from $199 per year to $299 per year at midnight tonight. To celebrate a successful first year, we're offering you the chance to sign up as a founding member before then and lock in the current $199 per year rate for life. In addition to locking in current pricing, founding members will also have a direct line of the Six Pages team, be able to weigh in on new products and features, and in some cases, get early access before we roll them out to everyone. To sign up, use code FOUNDINGMEMBER859 on our join page at sixpages.com forward slash join anytime before midnight tonight. The link is also in the show notes. And looking back, what a first year it's been. To pull from just a few of our flagship briefs, we described the satellite internet opportunity nearly a year before SpaceX's Starlink was ready to launch a public beta. We covered national digital currencies more than six months before China announced over $150 million in digital yuan transactions. And we called the renewal of Walmart just before its share price went on a seven-month run, rising over 30%. We also linked up with in-kind partners TED and 500 Startups and brought six pages to students at most of the top MBA programs across the country. And this is just the beginning. Going forward, keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on electric vehicles and their growth trajectory. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition.